Hello, everybody. Thank you for coming back to the Phantom Power music review. This is a value cast. Do you know what a value cast is? It's like a podcast, but cooler because you, the listener, can send little tiny pieces of Bitcoin directly to either the host, who always needs a new microphone, or the band whose music that you like. It's a value cast because of that direct exchange of value. It's a value cast because amazing apps like Podverse, Fountain, CurioCaster, Podcast Guru, and progressive web apps like TrueFans have that lightning technology of Bitcoin built into the app. That is what a value cast is. It's like a podcast, but much cooler. Are we clear on this? Okay, good. Um, so this is the Phantom Power Music Review. I'm going to review three songs. By the way, at the end of the show, we're going to do all of the boosts and zaps and thank yous that have racked up through the week with our multiple shows that we do. But on this show, we take a couple of songs and we break down the theory and the production and the composition behind them. We geek out on songs the way some people geek out on cars, the way some people geek out on the routes that tight ends run, the way some people geek out on software. I mean, we're in Nashville, you gotta kinda do it, right? I mean, hell, you throw a rock in this town, it hits two songwriters before it hits the ground. So let's jump right in. We're gonna listen to songs today from Arrayus, from Jack Feemeister, and from Forearm Shiver. We're gonna start with Arrayus, who's a great singer-songwriter here in the Nashville area. I have seen her perform a couple of times and really thrilled that she is in the Valueverse. So let's check out five more minutes and then we'll talk about it. Everybody ready? Here we go. Take it away, Arrayus. The song is called Five More Minutes. Here we go. my 
look at me I hope it's not too much But baby, please Just five more minutes Five more minutes And baby, girl, someday you're all the world You gotta move on, on with the show I know you want me, but you want what you can have The road don't stop and you gotta go Cause you said five more minutes and I track the very first thing that i noticed uh was the key and i'm like okay what what did she do that in i do not have perfect pitch i have relative pitch so um you know like most piano players i had to sit there and go like ah there it is b flat right uh b flat minor the this is a great tool uh, that uh, that female artists can really take advantage of and that is right in keys that uh, that aren't um, used by a lot of other artists. Uh, it's very easy to strap a capo on your guitar and play it in F or A or whatever. Um, and it's also interesting too, as a piano player, like I, uh, how some people's uh, hands, some people's physical uh, ability to play um, is reflected in better keys. For like, uh, I'll tell you, as a piano player, like I love writing in in E flat and I love writing in F. And when I tell that to guitar players and bass players, they want to punch me in the throat. <laughs> um, but as, as a female vocalist, this is a great tool and a great trick. You hear Sarah Bareilles write on these keys a lot. I think I think she does it intentionally. One, it's perfect for her voice, and two, it's comfortable for her hands to play in. So absolutely uh, love the key choice, love how dark it is, and um, the fact that you don't hear it that often. Second thing I picked up on right away was the difference in the uh, kick pattern, that percussion pattern that you hear that uh, starts the song off. And here is a clip of it so you can hear what I mean. That extra, the very last beat of that is is a nice little twist on what is generally uh, considered to be um, a, a, a popular rhythmic theme, and I appreciate little changes, subtle little changes like that. So that those are just the first two things that popped into my head. Next. The overall length of the intro I thought was perfect. In fact, every section of this 
song, I thought, was right on point. Uh, nothing felt too long for me. Her vocals are marvelous for this track, uh, for the depth of the mix, for the timbre of the mix, and for the subject matter. Obviously, she's got a, uh, for lack of a better term, huskier voice, a deeper voice. She's kind of like Lady Gaga. She's kind of like the lower end of Adele. And I thought that her voice is perfect for this. Now, again, as I mentioned earlier, I've seen her do this live. I've seen her do it solo and I've seen her do it with the band and it and it works both ways, which is really hard to do. Uh, that's a that's the compliment to a good songwriter there, Aureus. Nice job. Um, but I love her vocal tone for this. I think it's just uh, perfect for the vibe. I, uh, then as we get into the pre-chorus, I love the change up in the rhythmic feels. Uh, see if I can find the chord here. Whatever, you know, whatever chord she's playing there. But those, those quarter note pushes on there to raise the intensity level to get the listener to know, oh, what's coming? Something's coming here, right? And then I also really love how she, the chord choice that she uses to set up uh, the first chorus. She ends that pre-chorus on the A-flat major. Great choice. It's like a ha, you know, you know with the tension and release when you're operating in a minor key, choosing the, made the seventh chord, which is a major chord, you know that that is a great catapult for launching you into a solid uh, next section. Um, and then I love the, the changes in the chorus too. Uh, there's three things about the chorus changes that I dig. There's two progressions in there that both climb. And I love how she makes that work. Did you also notice that there is a, and I think I'm right on this, she'll have to tell me if I'm wrong. There is a chord that she uses uh, at the end of the first chorus that never shows up again. It doesn't show up in the second chorus when she sets up the bridge and it doesn't show up in the third chorus when she, um, when she extends that chorus out a little bit. But there's a chord that she, that she uh, uses right before uh, the second verse that doesn't show up again. And I love little tricks like that, a little uh, attentions, uh, attention to detail, things like that. Um, two more points that I know I want to bring up. Number one, did you pick up on it? I just kind of gave it away, but uh, I hope you picked up on the fact that she changed the length and the lyrics in the third chorus. I Again, attention to detail, stretching it out a little bit, not you know giving the listener something new to celebrate whenever you can. Um, I loved that. And I also really admired the ending, uh, how she brought it all down to like a nice landing on the aircraft carrier, you know? It was five more minutes. Da -da 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 -da. Nice way to end it. You could have very easily chosen to fade this thing out, you know, um, but I prefer a hard ending as well. So I uh, dig that. Um, mix was great. Huge matches. The lyrics matches the depth in her voice. Love all those fat synth sounds. Love the tight harmonies in there. Um, with the vocal 
bridge with that, uh, you, you call it the, I guess you'd call it a, a, a C section, a, a bridge section. Um, I wonder if she was thinking that that would be uh, like a good sing-along opportunity for for crowds, because that's what that's the way um, I interpreted it, um, and, and I liked it. I, I liked it. Um, and then also, if I'm understanding the lyrics correctly, this is about the difficulty of love's entanglements with respect to one's goals and one's desires. And I think that. Um, her her voice is great at selling that i uh, this definitely feels from a listener perspective as this as if this is a lived perspective um so that's those are all the weird wacky little things that were going through my head with respect to five more minutes from Arreus. and if you dig that song send her some sats right um all right uh thank you Arreus. that's fun i l- love doing that um Let's end it with a nice chord. So next up is a song by Forearm Shiver. This band is out of Kansas, and the name of the song is That's Always Been the Difference Between Us, Dan. That's a cool name of a song, right? Uh, This is a departure from the last song we just heard, and uh, this one brought a huge smile to my face. So boys, take it away. Here we go.
love that melody. I love that melody. That's a great, it's a really strong melody. Um, I was going to talk about that later on, but I just started playing along with it as the band was finishing up the song. These little stinkers, man. Okay, so right off the bat, the chord changes are what killed me. And I'm like, oh, those little smart asses, right? So we're in D. And then they, so the first four chords, as, as we say in Nashville, it's a 1465, which means they're going one, four, six. And then you would think that they're going to pull you down, right? But what they do, they very smartly, cleverly do these little smart asses in a good way, gentlemen, in a good way, is they use the inversion. They're still playing the five, but they're playing, I think I think it's what's called the first inversion. I'd have to pull out my, my theory book from piano composition school years ago. But what they do is they use that flat, that note right there, that C sharp, which is, is not a flat, I'm sorry. But it's a, it is a minor second. If you're running up the scale, it's that last note before you get to the root of the scale again. And it creates a really nice dissonance in there by pulling, by using that as a pull note in there. And the bass player uses it too in his riff. You'll hear him go. It's such a cool trick. They could have easily gotten lazy and just played a straight um 1465 but they in they played the first inversion of that five chord and they based everything off of that nasty you know the third note of the fifth chord which is the seventh note of the tonic scale and i just loved it it caught me off guard and i absolutely loved it little stinkers then they do a complete tempo change and feel change it's like they take you from the coffee shop to the metal shop <laughs> uh, and i and it, and it works and it works and i love the bass player's tone i love the picking tone that he's got going on there i, I it's fantastic um next thing i loved about this song um is is the vocals is this guy Pavarotti or is he sting no but it doesn't have to be you don't have to be when you're in uh, punk, right? But here's what he has. He's got great control of his pitch, but more importantly, he's got the edge to his timbre and he knows how to sell it. His voice is really great for this genre. And on the background vocals, I love the full on shout everything in unison approach <laughs> in the chorus. I'm serious. It's a, you know, it's like, Go back and listen to, uh, you know, ACDC, uh, you know, Dun Dirt Cheap or um, yeah, the, the other, uh, you know, the, even, I was going to say Rush did it, but no, that's that's not the right example. But when you get everybody shouting in unison, it's like, it's like ACDC in a bottle of booze. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Here's the other thing that I really loved about this song is that the, you know, the, the music, the lyrics are obviously 
heavy. They're obviously dark, but have you ever noticed that really good punk song can sing about something dark and upsetting and heavy, but the way they pull it off, musically, it sounds happy. You ever notice that? Like they could, you know, it's like my dog just died in a car fire and all my hard drives were in that car and I lost, and so was my last pair of underwear, but they can do, they can sing it and present it to you in such a, uh, a happy way and a fun way that you're smiling through the whole thing of it. That the band that that reminded me of was kind of like um, All American Rejects on this. Um, and then for the ending of the song, they bring you back into that. Uh, you know, they take you out of the coffee shop and they bring it back into the, or at, they take you out of the metal shop and bring it back into the coffee shop. Right. Uh, the the whole vibe of this thing, I I, I love. Same chords all the way through. That's fine. That, that that didn't bother me because the the production is good the drumming's fantastic uh they might have snapped that to the grid a little bit but you really can't even tell I, I wouldn't be surprised if they just you know just threw up a metronome and laid it down and didn't have to fix that much um I, i'm not a big fan of snapping shit to the grid anyways to me it just takes the life out of it um but I, I just, this song just put a whole smile on my face because of the unison chorus, uh, the unison choruses, the really smart use of the, the first inversion of, of the five chord, um, and the, the bass playing on it. Um, great feel, great track, guys. You know, um, I, I, I can't wait to hear more from this band. I know we've featured them a little bit on our shows, and um, good stuff. Really good stuff. Definitely puts a smile to my face. So I hope you guys enjoyed that little thought process on it. All right. Next up, let's go down to Australia. And this one's going to throw you for a loop. This song is from a guy by the name of Jack Feemeister. And I'm going to switch it up a little bit. And I'm going to tell you about this song before you listen to it. So I first heard of Jack about a year, year and a half ago when I reviewed one of his other songs i think i reviewed a song called backwards sideways and when you listen to that song you realize you're dealing with somebody who's absolutely extraordinary not only in terms of a, a guitar player but a vocalist and a storyteller it was like it was yeah it, it was you, you know how when you find that band or that singer songwriter that nobody else knows of and you're just like oh my god like i found somebody who's going to be huge next right we, we all we all have that i i remember i was the, you know that band out of canada the bare naked ladies like i had heard about them and was listening to them long before they ever broke and you're like man these guys are going to be massive right but when i first heard uh jack's music it reminded me of like a really smart uh, jack johnson um it reminded me of john mayer and i just fell in love with his music and and blogged about him and then we reconnected recently uh, as we were launching our new website and I was you know, telling more and more people about Bitcoin and value for value. And, and I talked to him, I'm like, dude, you gotta get in here. So he sent me over a couple of songs um, and they're starting to drop into the value verse. And when I first heard what you guys are gonna hear, it absolutely threw me for a loop because it was such a departure from what I had heard of him before. And it and what you're about to hear to me reminds me of like um, Jeff Buckley and Radiohead. And what I had to do, frankly, point blank, 
is I had to research what this song was about. And when I saw Jack talk about this song on his Instagram account, I started researching uh, James McNeil Whistler, who was uh, a painter born in Massachusetts, uh, grew up in Russia a little bit as a kid, um, moved to London to attend boarding school, then went back to West Point, where he was at West Point at the time where the superintendent was actually Robert E. Lee. Uh, and he was dismissed from West Point for poor grades. Long story short, um, James McNeil Whistler um, goes back to Europe, bounces back and forth between London and Paris, parts of Italy, and becomes a world-renowned painter. Um, and you probably know uh, or have seen one of his paintings called Whistler's Mother. So once I uh, started digging deeper and deeper into uh, this artist that Jack was writing about, and then I came across the story of Nocturne in Black and Gold, which was a painting that came out in 1975. And um, John Rus uh, Ruskin was an art critic at the time. And he absolutely vilified this painting as well as Whistler's work. And Whistler took him to court for it. And Whistler won the case, um, but uh, he won basically uh, what, what amounts to today is like a, a quarter of a penny. It, he was only awarded one farthing, which is a quarter of a shilling. And I'm telling you all of this because sometimes we can get lost in the chords and the production and the lyrics and we we forget to look at what the artist's intent was and what the artist was trying to write about and maybe maybe that's what jack is trying to do here i i, I reached out to him he's over in australia and we're on different time schedules so it's always hard to to uh you know get like current messages back and forth but it's art for the sake of art, right? And I think that's what Jack is writing about here. And sometimes when things take you back, when you're surprised or even shocked by something that, a, that an artist that you absolutely love, you know, when they put something out and it takes you back and you're like, what in the world is this? Sometimes you have to dig deeper and throw away your prejudices with respect to, in, in my case, kind of throw away my prejudice with, with respect to um, commercialization or song structure or production or anything like that. And, and to me, the song is brilliantly produced, but it is definitely art for the sake of art. And that is why I love it. If for, for the same reason that I love, like if you dive into the deep stuff of Jeff Buckley before he died, like there's a great record out there called uh, uh, My Sweetheart the Drunk. And if you dive into some of the deeper stuff on uh, Radiohead, you start getting deeper and deeper into art for the sake of art. And that is what I love about this song. So let's listen to it and then we'll come back and talk about it a little bit. Yes. 
fling a pot of peg upon the public's face. Expect the head to head. John Ruskin.
So now that you know the backstory to that song, what does that what does that do to your impression of the song and your review of it? If you read the story of the trial, it's fascinating. Like um, two key points, and Jack covers it in his song. One is they hung the picture upside down when the painting was being discussed in the trial. And number two, Whistler actually went bankrupt as a result of this trial. Now, Whistler was a was a, a true artist and a bit of a vagabond and never, you know, didn't have a steady job and, and typically relied on benefactors for his existence. But all the same, uh, what that critique and that trial did to his life was substantial. And I think when you listen to this song that details all of that stuff and you think about the picture, I think what Jack created here is an, is an exceptional audio representation of not only the picture, but the trial and the trials and tribulations of Whistler's life. Very dry mix, very sparse arrangement. You know, it's like, sounds like a Fender Mustang, a cello, and some odd percussion. Minimal chords, and if you look at the painting, minimal colors. This is eerily similar to the piece of art that the song is about like the the song really mirrors the painting and the anguish of the trial fascinating stuff fascinating stuff so the whole point of this re review is that sometimes you need to do some research and things to understand them better and we need to shed our preconceived notions to really understand the beauty in a piece of art. And I really hope you guys love that song because the more I read up on this story and the more I read about Whistler, the more I dig this. And um, and I, I really hope you guys are sending Jack some sats on this and wait till you hear the rest of his stuff. He's, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. All right, so shall we read off some boosts in zaps from the previous week let's do that let's do that <laughs> 
So I believe we left off with uh, Saints and Sats on the 27th. So we'll pick it up with IMAPI, I-M-A-P-I, listening to us on Fountain, listening to the Phantom Power Music Hour. I can see the streaming Sats. Thank you so much. And Leon Styles, listening to the Phantom Power Music Hour with 1,089 Sats, listening on Fountain. Wow, thank you very much. Bear Snare checking in. Alan C. Paul checking in with the streaming sats. Thanks, y'all. Just listening. Man, you've been just listening a lot, dude. Or gal, whoever you are. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, Mere Mortals podcast. Love you guys. Thanks for checking in and listening and sending sats. Got a nice little bump from uh, True Fans as well and from Cody Christopher. Hey! What's up, buddy? Loved your uh, interview on Wavelength the other day. Chad F. Thanks, dude. Lots of sats coming in from you. Appreciate it. Adam Curry, as always. Thank you, sir. Chad F. Another one here on Podverse. His bro... Uh, I can't read that one on the air. Of course I can. can We're not governed by the FCC. Chad had Chad had a question about uh, bro country. <clears throat> we'll leave it at that. Mere Mortals podcast again, checking in. True fans again, checking in. Thanks, y'all, uh, for the streaming sats. Um, Mere Mortals, you guys were listening via Fountain. Appreciate that. Uh, Joe Martin, Brother Joe, how you doing, man? Thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Dovi Das. Checking in, uh, Nick, checking in as well. Thanks for the streaming sites. Uh, let's see here, moving on. Guy Smiley, lots of sats coming in from you. Really appreciate it. You've been listening to us on uh, Fountain. You were listening to the Phantom Power Artist Hour. Thank you for that. Nick, what were you listening to? You were listening to the Phantom Power Music Hour on Fountain. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Really appreciate it. Guy Smiley, boatloads of sats coming in alan c paul 439 fantastic interview on the phantom power music hour listening on podcast guru uh he was listening to my interview with man like quex awesome thank you sir the anonymous 100 sats coming in thanks so much you were listening uh to uh the interview with fm rodeo lovely lovely smash my records Boosting for forearm shiver. Give me that Kansas crop punk. You got it, baby. We gave it to you on this one, didn't we? You were listening to the Phantom Power Music Hour on Fountain. Thank you, Cody. Appreciate that. Love your show. Of course you know that. Uh, Man Like Quex again. Dude, Man Like Quex. You don't need to be sending me so many sats, my friend. Like, keep those for yourself, buddy. I really appreciate it. Um... Who else we got in here? I also see a lot of sats coming in directly on the Fountain app, and somebody had sent in a thousand sats. I, I just got a user number for um, thanking me for playing Alicia Stockman, uh, which we did on the, I believe we did on either last week's music review or this week's music hour. Maybe we did on both. I don't know. We're doing so many shows, I, c- I can hardly keep them straight. Um, but I thank you all. For the sats and the zaps and the boosts. Oh, that's where it was. The Alicia thing was over on Noster. It was a boost. Okay. No, it, it was a zap. Because it's a it's a zap in Noster. It's a boost in RSS. See? I've been doing this for months and even I still get it confused. But that's all right. 
<clears throat> that's all right. Hey, hey, y'all, thanks so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed it. This was a little longer. We went like 42 minutes on this one. Um, but we hit some really deep, deep songs today with um, Forearm Shiver, with Jack Feemeister, and with Aureus. So certainly hope you guys are staying healthy out there and uh, staying warm in this winter. And last but not least, of course, do not forget to smile for your mugshot. The old Tom DeLay trick, right? Look up Tom DeLay and you'll know what I mean. If you're going to get arrested and you know you're going to get arrested, smile because it's it's going to go public. Even if you're innocent. Even if you're horribly guilty, smile. But that's one of my few tips in life that I know with absolute certainty will always benefit you. And that is... Smile for the mugshot. Until next time, see ya.